<laughs> anyway, uh, I'm you telling know, you, those uh, 66 are getting to you, bro. Yeah, you know what I did is I went out. My my voice is kind of thrashed, so I went out and I got me a big bag of pixie sticks. For anybody who doesn't know what pixie sticks are, they're tubes of uh, sour sugar. powder. <laughs> yeah, sugary, powdery. They're sort of like sweet tarts that are crushed. You pour them into your throat and they're so good. But anyway, I'm about halfway through my bag of pixie sticks. And uh, so anyway, um, I'm just so happy to be in here with all of you and want to welcome everybody to the 10th official Iron Show, the Christmas special with Rick and Johnny and Peter Good Game and and uh, and Laurie and, uh, and White Tiger and Wait Quickly. And man, this is just awesome. But uh, I don't know. I had some ideas for the Christmas show, and uh, Rose from the World of Prophecy, she uh, she wrote me a letter, and she says, you know what? Do you think you guys could do like a Christmas show, like about like um, ancient, like uh, the origins of Christmas traditions, like Christmas trees and and December twenty fifth and all that, and then kind of talk about the origins of that, and then ask if does it matter? Ask that's the kind of the final question of. You know, does it matter? And uh, so I looked into it. You know, uh, w- one thing I came up on was a preacher, uh, and I think he was on YouTube. No, he was on his own website. He had a video on his own website. And he was preaching against uh, the heathen practices of Christmas and was yelling and getting all upset, and foam was coming out of his mouth. The veins were popping out on his neck, talking about how the heathens have Christmas trees. Blah, 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 blah. Don't don't be one of the heathens. Don't embrace the heathen way. And so I looked into Christmas trees, you know. I, did, uh, kinda, I was like, what? Whatever, you know. But I thought, well, you know, let's look into this. So I went and researched it, and... Right back, it goes all the way back to um, around the year 629, between 629 and 588 B.C., the prophet Jeremiah. And uh, Jeremiah uh, addresses the, I think was what we have, is the first account that I could find of a Christmas tree. Uh, but it's not a Christmas tree, it's uh, like a heathen tree. And it starts in Jeremiah 3, no, Jeremiah 10, Jeremiah 10, 3. This is where I'm going to start it. It's just a couple verses, so I'm not going to bore you guys to death. So uh, starting in Jeremiah three ten. For the customs of the people are vain. For one cutteth the tree out of the forest. The work of the hands of the workmen with the axe. They deck it with silver and with gold, and they fasten it with nails and hammers that it move not. So, um... So the first thing I did was I went, I couldn't find really what that meant. You know, I was kind of stumbling, thinking, well, okay, that seems like it's bad, but what does it mean? So I went to my wife. She's a fountain of knowledge of the Bible. She uh, She's a librarian, so that's what she uh, absorbs knowledge, and, and it's amazing the things that she'll come up with. You can ask her about anything, and she'll have a at least a little bit of a, you know, of a word for you. And so I asked the wife, and I said, well, Okay, so it's it's like it was like bad to go and cut this tree down. It was like the work of the hands, and you know, right right off the bat in my head, it started I started thinking about idolatry, and uh, I said, well, why? I go right at the end there. It says, and they 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 uh, hammer it down with nails and hammers. So I asked the wife. I said, it looks like they nail it down with hammers so that it can't move, and so. Uh, 
I said, why, 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 why would they nail it down so it can't move? They're afraid it's going to move or something. And my wife said, well, yeah, they, they thought that it, you know, it was like an idol, and they brought a, a, they brought a deity into it, and they tried to bring it under submission, and and that was their, um, they nailed it down so it couldn't move. One of the, you know, one of the things they used idols for in, in the old, the idea of the idol was to to bring a deity into an object and try to uh, have control over it, you know, and. Uh, so, what do you what do you got to say about that, Rick? Well, I think certain people like I can I can go off on my little tangent and, and tell you uh, what it's part of. You know, if it's part of the winter solstice that was in celebrated in Rome, or we can go off on you know Christmas trees as in you know yeah in Jeremiah this you know it does say you know that there's a certain practices and things that of course the Jews were not supposed to you know pay attention to which they were doing anyway. Um, and uh, I have a little thing that I, I drummed up on here. It says, it, it goes out and says, no one knows what day Jesus Christ was born. From the biblical description, most historians believe that his, his birth probably occurred in September, approximately six months after Passover. One thing they agree on, it's not very likely that Jesus was born in December, since the biblical Bible records shepherds tending their sheep in the fields on that night. This is quite unlikely to have happened during a cold Judean winter. So why do we celebrate Christ's birthday at Christmas on December 25th? And it says, the answer lies in pagan origins of Christmas. In ancient Babylon, the feast of, of the son of Isis, goddess of nature, was celebrated on December 25th, which kind of says, but we didn't actually have the uh, Gregorian or the Julian calendar then, so we don't actually know what day <laughs> that was really actually celebrated on. So December is the Julian calendar, and, uh, and or Gregorian calendar, both. And uh, <clears throat> so we don't really know exactly that, that you know, actual holiday either. So it kind of gives you, kind of gives you a big question mark on all of it. Uh, they also say in Rome, the winter solstice was celebrated many years before the birth of Christ. The Romans called their winter holiday Saturnalia, honoring Saturn, the god of agriculture, if I can pronounce that word right. In January, they observed the Kellens of January, which represented the triumph of life over death. This whole season was called uh, Dies Natalis Invicti Solis, the birthday of the unconquered sun, S-U-N. The festival season was marked by much merrymaking, uh, singers and dancers who traveled from house to house entertaining their neighbors. From this, the Christmas tradition of caroling was born. Uh, in Northern Europe, many other traditions that were now considered part of Christian worship were begun long before the participants had ever heard of Christ. The pagans of Northern Europe celebrated their own winter solstice, known as Yule. Yule was symbolic of the pagan sun god Mithras being born, and was Mithra. observed on the on the shortest day of the year. And the sun god grew and matured. The days became longer and warmer. It was customary to light a candle to encourage Mithras or Mithra and the sun to reappear the next year. Huge Yule logs were burned in the honor of the sun, and then um, and so forth for fertility. Holly birds were thought as the food of the gods, and they go on and on. And how we got ours is in, in, in 350 uh, A.D., Pope Julius I declared that Christ's birth would be celebrated on December 25th. There's little doubt that he was trying to make it as painless as possible for pagan Romans who remained a majority at the time to convert to Christianity. The new religion went down a bit easier, knowing that their feasts would not be taken away from them. And then we got Christmas and Christmas, as we know today, 
most historians agree, began in Germany through Catholics and Lutherans still disagree about which celebrated it first. The earliest rec record of Evergreen being decorated in Christmas celebration was in 1521 in the Alsace region of Germany. A prominent Lutheran minister of the day cried blasphemy, better that they should look to the true tree of life, Christ. So, controversy still continues even today in some fundamentalist sects. But all, yeah, that's just a quick bam, all right? So all in all, I, I enjoy it because it's American holiday. It's still, if you really come down to it, when we continue to say Merry Christmas, we are still trying to glorify Christ. And Christ's name is, as Paul would say, Christ is still being preached. Regardless Amen. if, you know, and if you look in Colossians chapter 3 to under, kind of understand that. So, you know, and, if, you know, the whole reason is, is not to... Uh, you know, focus on, oh, you know, if it's Christ, it doesn't matter. What it matters is, is know that the real gift of mankind, the gift, the one who came is important. And, of course, we focus on this on, you know, we focus this daily that he came, that gift. But it's a good time of the year to, for the unsaved, you know, and the lost. To, even though they don't really look at this and they're probably out partying and having Rochester's party and all that stuff and not really concentrating, it is still being preached to them to let them know that, again, like my favorite word is that we are all without excuse. There's no excuse. No one, you know, you know, we're going to go stand before, you know, we're going to stand before our judge one of these days. And, you know, we're all without excuse. And us Christians who do believe, praise God that we'll be standing with him, you know. So, Amen. Which, you know, so there you go. Word, Rick. There's the meaning of, you know, I don't, I'm not going to argue with a Christian or quarrel over this, this holiday. This is just a, it, it's celebrated all over the world, which is wonderful. Christ is being represented, period. And uh, we're right. learning of that little baby in the manger, and, and we get to, get to hear the story. Even though we, we, we read our Bibles daily, it's just so wonderful that we can continue to uh Celebrate it together because it, it is Christ brings us together, you know. Hello, Johnny, Rick. Hello. Hey, Pete. Hey, what's up? Pete, a good game. What's up? What's up? Aloha, Bele Kalikibaka. Ah, good to have you here. That was that was a good word, Rick. Because I can't imagine living in a world without Christmas. No, me either. You know, I don't. Even though it's just carried away and it's, it's all about, you know, consumerism and Santa Claus and reindeers, it has nothing to do with Jesus, still people yeah. know, people really know in their hearts the reason for the season, and that reason is Jesus Christ, and so, yeah, I, I couldn't imagine, couldn't imagine a world without Christmas, it would be a lot, a little, you know, a lot more boring, a lot more solemn, a lot more, you know, wouldn't be as fun, so praise God for yeah. And there's some people out there in America now that are trying to get rid of the holiday. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But, oh well. Yeah, don't you hate it? Don't you hate it, Pete, when people tell you happy holidays? Don't you <laughs> want to grab them and say, it ain't no holiday, it's Christmas! <laughs> Shake them. <laughs> yeah. Slap the fear of Jesus into them just a little bit, you know? Yeah, it's also Hanukkah. Rough them up a little in a godly manner. It's also Hanukkah, too, though. I like, so, I like celebrating Hanukkah, too, you know, with it, you know, because I know... You know, the eight the eight days was pretty cool, and you know who the ninth person, you know, the eighth person in that um, menorah is is Christ. 
<laughs> so I tell that to every Jew that I know. <laughs> and I'm also partially Hebrew, so. Uh-huh. So, so uh, Johnny, you wanted me to read uh, from Luke chapter 2, huh? I did, go. I did. We we are so honored and blessed to have Peter Goodgame come in here and read us the Christmas story. <laughs> and uh, I'm just overjoyed. And uh, I'll let you take I, it away. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in my... Uh, I'm in my bedroom, and I just want to give a shout-out to my wife in the kitchen. Hey, babe, love you. I thought you were chasing her around the kitchen. <laughs> well, I, I, I put that on the computer, and then I tried it, but then she kind of uh, she got a little furious and was chasing me. So <laughs> I'm in the bedroom. I laughed so hard when you said that. <laughs> Can't talk now. Chasing my wife around the kitchen. <laughs> no, she made some real, real good uh, uh, garlic potatoes. But uh, anyway, let's. Uh, I'm gonna go to Luke chapter two. Um, and let's see. I'm just gonna start in verse four. Here we go. The Christmas story. So Jesus also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, as was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. And I'm going to stop right there, because that's just, uh, that says it all. Heaven would say, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. That's what, that's what the, you know, the appearance of the Savior meant. It was peace and goodwill toward men from God. It was just a beautiful thing. And it's interesting in there how you don't hear anything about hell and brimstone and things like that. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Jesus didn't come to point out our sins. You know, the sin is the problem. He came to provide the answer, to answer the answer to our sins, and He is the answer. Just like, just like you know, Jesus in his ministry. You know, the only the only people that he poked in the chest and pointed out their sins to were the people that believed that they were sinless. <laughs> you know, to the hardcore sinners, he he pointed out their you know that they were loved and that they had goodness inside of them, and that's what he pulled out. And uh, we just uh, my my resolution is just to try and be a Christian more like Jesus. You know. Everybody loved Jesus. It was just the ones that had pride in their heart that uh, had a hard time swallowing his message. Right, and pride, pride, pride goes before the fall. I mean, anybody. I don't see how a human being can have pride. What are we? We're just critters without Jesus. Right. We're just like, <laughs> you know, I'm trying. I don't know how to quite say that, but you know, we're just kind of almost like we're just going. We're also. We're almost like animals without Jesus. Yeah, well, we're, we're, we're really nothing. We're, yeah, we're slaves to our own flesh. We're slaves to our own yeah. desires. And yeah, I mean, you look at you know the mass of unsaved humanity. You know, always just fighting and 
and just doing, you know, caught up in carnal ways. Yeah, they're just, they're like beasts. We're like beasts without Christ. We're like animals. And and through Jesus, we can we can finally, you know, realize what we were truly created to be, what God intended for us. Forgiveness to, you know, to be above to be above the animals, to dominate the animals, mm-hmm. to to be, you know, the the image of God on earth, given dominion and rulership over this planet. And that's our that's our actually what our real uh what our real estate is, is to yeah. be um to be rulers, to be rulers over angels. That's right. Yeah. It's hard to believe you see like some bum on the street sitting there, you know, just withering away, and you look at that man, and you know, you've got to remind yourself this is a this is a uh, this is a creature that's wonderfully and terif- ter- uh, you know, wonderfully and uh, terrifyingly made. That's right. You know, uh, fearfully made to rule over angels. That's right. That's right. And and we need to remind people like that, you know. We, I do a once a month. You know, we do our ministry to the homeless, and and there are people that are very discouraged and very depressed, and uh, and they're they're really blessed when when you remind them of that. <laughs> you remind them of what God created them to be and the potential that exists in them. You know, no matter what stage they are in their lives, they they're, God always has a plan for you that is beyond your wildest dreams. Yeah, and that's what you've shown me, Pete. You know, that's uh, it's been a huge. Um, even in your, even even listening to your old uh, interviews about the Antichrist. Yeah. I never heard the Antichrist in in what you said. I heard <laughs> I heard Jesus well, in, in the words yeah. that you said. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know how to describe that, but uh, yeah. I don't know anybody ever listens to the old Peter Good Game stuff and. And you can really, you know, he did serious studies on the Antichrist, but I always just heard Jesus in there. I just, uh, that's why I was drawn to you. I, I just, I heard, I heard, a, I heard a person who was preaching Jesus, you know, yeah. and it was, you know, had a huge thank influence you. on me. Thank you, thank you. What do you, uh, what do you have to say to the sinner out there, um, you know, that's listening to this? Uh. <laughs> to put you on the spot. There, <laughs> Brother, sister, you know we're we're all brothers and sisters. We're all we're all the family of man, but but God has something bigger for us. He wants to bring us into the family of God. He wants to he wants to adopt us into His family and be, to become eternal. You know, eternal. He, we're created to be eternal, to live with Him. So you know, if you really if you really want to experience life to the fullest, you got to go with Jesus. You got to go with Jesus. Just ask Him into your heart, and He will, He will just, He will just radically empower you, save you, love you. Um, <laughs> it's, it's just, it's almost beyond words. It's. Well, what do I need to do right now, Pete, to, to, to really to come into His kingdom? I mean, what do I need to do? I mean, well, you know, here I am, ready to go. What do I need to do? You, it's, it's a heart change that, that needs to take place, and if, and if people are already at that point where they're asking what do I need to do it's like their heart is already is already ready and all they have to do is is confess their mouth you know that Jesus is Lord and to look to him and and you know I know people that have said uh something as short as a two sentence prayer Jesus help that sometimes that's good enough you know and that and just those two words is verbalizing what you feel in your heart and and that's uh for instance uh this guy said Roth you know he has a he has a TV ministry. He said, "I love Sidra." Born Jewish, yeah, and that's the prayer that he prayed. Jesus, help! 
He was at a point in his life where it just became clear to him that that's who he needed. That's who he was going to put his trust in. And so he called out, and, and look what God, look how God has used him. His ministry is amazing. Mishpoka. Yeah, Mishpoka, Mashuga. We're a little bit. <laughs> people say I'm Mashuga for Jesus. That's what and then my daughter Gabby says it all the time. Mashuga means crazy. <laughs> oh, crazy for Jesus. We're le- That's we're the way learning, you need to be, right? We're learning our Hebrew from Sid Roth, yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, man, God has just uh, radically blessed us over the past uh, couple years. We've just kind of been realigned, and and uh, and God's just kind of stripped away some of the some of the dead branches in our lives that uh, that w- weren't bearing fruit, and we're just uh, we're just radically pursuing God. Um, it just we just had a lot of fun the last few the last few months since our our last interview. Um, you know, I'm involved in this healing ministry. Um, I'm involved at uh, my local church. I'm involved at once a month church. Uh, you know, God. There was a time where I thought I was going to help save the world through writing on my computer, but uh, God really showed me that uh, Jesus was a people person, and he cared for and he ministered to the needs of people who were hurting and who were in trouble. And God's really just worked in me and put that on my heart, and that's what I've been doing with with me and my wife and my two kids. Um, You know, uh, it was just a few days after our last interview um, where... uh, I got a call from my friend Louie about this uh, this uh, girl that he knew, uh, actually a, uh, a woman with a mother, um, but she she's divorced and she's living by herself. But uh, she had uh, she had this strange condition that had, that had come on her. She'd been in constant pain for the last four days. For four days she was in constant pain. Uh, she had wow. some, something in her shoulders. It was like a cramping in her shoulders or something like that. It would just not release, and there was nothing that she could do about it. She went to the emergency room a couple of times. Um, different doctors had seen her. Nobody could do anything for her. They'd even given her morphine. It had helped her for like an hour, but uh, it, it didn't work. It didn't help her. Um, so so anyway, uh, Louis calls me one night and and uh, says, you know, we just gotta we gotta go over there and we just gotta we gotta bring the power of God and release the kingdom of heaven over this girl because she doesn't know what to do and she's at her she's at her wit's end. She's just uh, you know, uh, Louis was talking to her on the phone, and I could I could hear her crying. She was literally crying over the phone. So uh, my wife was at work that night. Um, so he swings by my house. He's got his two kids. He's got 12-year-old twins. Uh, so I jump in the car. Uh, or actually, no, I followed him in my car with my two kids. So it was me and Louis and our four kids. <laughs> we come into the house, and we just walk into the house, and she's there, like, at the edge of the coffee table in her, in her front room. Um, she's, like, curled up in a ball on the floor. Just totally crying. Oh man, crying. She is just in terrible pain, and you know, and we 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 knew that it was it was something spiritual because the doctors, there was nothing that physically that they could you know find out about what was wrong with her, but uh, we just walked into that room, and I just I just Louis went right to her and and crouched down and like like held her in his arms, um, and I stepped in. I was at the other end of the room, and I just I just looked at them. And I said, you know, what? I'm just going to start praying. And I just started praying. I just uh, started claiming that room, uh, you know, for Jesus Christ, taking authority over it because, you know, as believers, we're sons of the Most High God. We have authority. The devil's under our feet. We took authority over that place. We commanded every evil spirit to leave. And then we, uh, 
we all gathered around her. We laid hands on her. We started praying for her, uh, rebuking the pain, releasing healing in Jesus' name. And, uh, and after a couple of prayers, we just asked her how she's doing. And she was like, uh, she was like just like half asleep, just resting. And she's just like, ah, the pain's gone. I can't feel nothing right now. I just want to relax. Because she, she hadn't been able to sleep at night. You know, life had, life had been hell for the last few days. Um, but, uh, yeah, she said the pain was gone and, and then, oh, we, wow. and then once we heard that, we turned it into, into a Thanksgiving and we just started praising God and we eventually got her to stand up and stretch out and check it out and make sure that she felt 100% and she did. And this, and this lady, she was not necessarily a believer, you know, but, uh, uh-huh. but, she, but we led her and she, she started praising Jesus and she started saying, we bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. And she was jumping up with her, jumping up and down with her arms outstretched, and and she was praising God because God performed a miracle on her that night through us. It was amazing. So she's a believer now. Well, she's we're God's still working on her. She's actually she's a friend of a friend, but uh, it's complicated. She's got many issues in her life, but she cannot doubt that the that the power of God that Jesus set her free that night. So yeah, it's, that's a Powerful witness, the reality of Jesus. Yeah, let me tell you, let me tell you. Yeah, but uh, oh, that's a that's an awesome story. Uh, <laughs> and just this week, just this week, we've had uh, we've had a couple of uh, amazing things. Um, um, let's see, Wednesday night. Um, well, this week, uh, some friends of mine from Alaska uh, came down. They took vacation in Hawaii. They were here for a week. The only time me and my wife could uh, meet with them was Wednesday night, so I took off work early. We met them. Uh, guy's name is Robert Tanner. His wife Stacy. They're friends of uh, David Lowe. I don't know. Oh yeah. Uh, it was Earthquake Resurrection, you know. And actually, yes. you know, David. David's from Wichita, and uh, Wichita is actually uh, Robert's hometown. And I think Dave visited Robert in Alaska uh, a year or two ago. But uh, you know, I, I'd never known uh, Robert uh, aside from some emails and stuff because he read my book and. And uh, you know, and I knew him on Facebook and, and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, they came down and uh, Wednesday night we had a we had a good uh, we got, got together and talked and went out to dinner. Um, but then during dinner, my friend Louis texts me on my phone and says, because uh, we were planning to go to my wife's Bible study right after. He just he texts me and says, uh, "You got to make time for this." Uh, my friend Linda, uh, she has a broken rib. She just lives right down the street. She's in terrible pain. Um, we got to go pray for her. So can you take some time out and then bring Robert and Stacy? Let's just bring everybody and let's go, let's go uh, help her out because she's in pain. So uh, so I tell Louis. Is Robert and Stacy are they pretty strong believers or are they? Yeah, they're very they're very strong believers. They're very strong believers. They're uh, this was kind of their first time doing something uh, you know as, as bold as this kind of thing. But uh, but no, I can. They're very strong believers and. What was I, their reaction to what was their reaction when you said, Hey, we're gonna go we're gonna go heal somebody? Well, what is it? Well, yeah, we we just finished eating at the restaurant and we start walking out and we see Louis was actually in the lobby waiting for us. <laughs> so as soon as we step out of the restaurant, Louis's all serious. He's like, Hey, we gotta pray right now. So right in front of the restaurant we uh, we all make a circle there and we just start praying and <laughs> and Louis real wow. loud praise and <laughs> But they were into it though. They were like, Wow, this is gonna be an adventure. So uh so then, yeah, we followed Louis a couple blocks down the street, and then, uh, then we we just went into the house, introduced ourselves, and Louis said, "No, you know what? Before we pray, we gotta 
we got to claim this place and we got to so like we prayed at each uh, at the front door and the back door and the corners of the building outside and then we came in and yeah we just uh uh surrounded Linda she'd been sitting down she was having a hard time breathing without pain laughing without pain you know and and standing up and moving around was painful so uh anyway we surrounded her and I had uh the girls put their hands on her my wife and uh Stacy and and my daughter Gabby and uh and then we just we just prayed and uh and my it was funny my wife was saying that she felt a sensation of of something like heat on her own on her left side where where they were we were placing hands on on Linda in other right words, right around the rib area that same sensation yeah and then Linda said she felt the same thing like heat on that area and uh so yeah we we all we all took turns praying and by the time it was done, Linda was like, "Oh, I'm getting hot flashes." <laughs> and, wow! Uh, but as we were praying, um, um, the the girls could tell that she was starting to take deeper and deeper breaths. And uh, and by the time we were finished, she was like standing up, twisting around, going like, "Wow, that's pretty cool." That's <laughs> and then and then you know, and then we were praising God after that, and she was laughing and and she's like, "Yeah, that's a good sign. I couldn't laugh without pain before." So. Yeah, and you can't laugh with a broken rib because oh, that's a broken rib. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. You can't breathe. You can't breathe. You can't laugh. You can't move. So I just I was just checking her Facebook, um Linda's Facebook and this happened Wednesday and, and then she after we left she sent us a text saying that she was feeling great and then on Friday she put on Facebook uh well she thanked us on Facebook and then she said that she's all G, she's all good, she's back to work and no problems. So that was that was just real cool. And then uh Saturday we uh me and my wife uh ministered at the healing rooms. We took the f- whole family out there and we just saw God do a lot of uh, amazing things. Uh I even had a plumber friend in there who'd uh got his he's gone through brain surgery for for a brain tumor, but they weren't oh, able, they weren't able to get every part of the of the tumor, but uh he's recovered uh like supernaturally well from from the from the surgery like like uh like really accelerated healing that kind of shocked the doctor you know but he's been getting prayer quite a bit you know um but he came into the healing rooms and we just uh we just kept at it we just we just prayed for him and and just commanded that that little devil to just leave to let go to to get out of there because he has no authority there so he was real blessed this whole family is real blessed um, and then uh, Saturday night we were at uh, we were at a family party, a Christmas party. And right when we walk in, I see uh, one of one of Lori's cousins, one of my wife's cousins. Uh, she's on a crutch, and and her leg was all swollen. And we didn't uh, go right up to her immediately, but uh, uh, after an hour or so of just uh, talking with the family, we just we my wife approached her and said, you know what? Um, <laughs> We noticed that you have a crutch here, and it looks like you're in pain. And and uh, so we just talked to her, and she said, yeah, that she she just she been through knee surgery a, a little while back, and they had totally it was major knee surgery, where they'd actually had to like uh, uh, disconnect the thigh muscle from the kneecap or something like that, and and move stuff around, and and uh, her the, her major pain that she was having was in her in her thigh on the side of her leg, but uh, we asked her to to rate the pain. And she said, just sitting down, the pain was at a level eight. Just Ooh, down, and she, bad. and so she was, she was t- talking about how all night she'd been constantly rubbing it and massaging it and grimacing and, and yeah, it was she like was, a horrible Charlie horse or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
but uh, so we actually we got a couple of the other family members, and this was this was interesting because nothing like this had happened at a family get-togethers. You know, um, a lot of the a lot of the families Christian, some are Buddhist, but usually these family get-togethers, even though it's a Christmas thing, you know, uh, religion and and faith doesn't really come into the conversation too often. But uh, isn't that sad? But yeah, yeah, you know, it's that's just how that's just how a lot of families work. But that's that's changing in our family. And uh, and we're it's it's amazing, but uh, yeah, we we all uh, we all gathered around her like three or four of us, and we laid hands on her knee and we just prayed, and uh, and then uh, Cynthia was uh, we just noticed she kind of had like a shocked expression, and we're like and we're like trying to to get her to you know explain what was going on, and we're asking her what kind of, of feeling do you have? Happened. Oh, and yeah, and then I'm I'm thinking you know come on you gotta. Just, just tell us something happened. So the pain was an eight. Well, is it like a seven point five now? You know, I'm looking for any little thing to say. Okay, God's, God's working. God's doing something. You know, even if it's just a little bit of a reduction in pain, um, you can grab that. Thank God for it and ask Him for more. You know, that's how, you know, God, God honors persistence. You know, the, the, the parable of the persistent widow. You know, a lot of times you can. Oh. That's right. Absolutely. But anyway, she, uh, she. She started um, just like checking her knee out and stuff, and and when she was finally able to put it into words, you know, she's she explained, yeah, before it was a level eight pain, and now she couldn't find the pain. And what she was trying to do is trying to, you know, touch oh, her knee somehow to try and find the pain because the pain was oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, she'd been sitting there, and then the other thing, the, actually, the first thing she did was tripping out on was um, bending her knee before her, she had her leg out. Um, more straight, and she hadn't been able to tuck it in, um, you know, bend it in deep. And uh, and after we prayed, she's like, "Wow, I can I can do this. That's that's pretty amazing." That was that was the first thing. And then she realized that yeah, she couldn't find the pain. So yeah, we just uh, actually we prayed with her like three times. And uh, then near the end of the night, you know, her leg was all swollen and bruised, and you know, you could see where the incision had been and stuff. But uh, but yeah, she was just before she had never been able to put any weight on her leg. Um, at the end of the night, as we left, she got up and she started to walk around without a crutch, putting weight on the leg. And that's when oh, wow. she that, well, that's when she went and said that she could feel pain at that time, but it was significantly reduced. And you know, as before we left, we just said one final prayer and just you know just told her that you know that don't don't worry, things can even happen overnight as you sleep. And we just released just accelerated healing into her in Jesus name and and we expect a, a good testimony and then just doing that kind of opened it up for to pray for a couple of other people that that had other needs you know that that had been through some tough times and just needed they just needed the presence of God to minister to them and and it was it was real cool it was kind of like a brown great groundbreaking night in in just our like our family get togethers because we see our it's our it's like Lori's, you know, co- collected family. She has many aunties, many uncles, many cousins, and uh, but it was good just to see us, uh, see God use us, you know, to touch people. It was it was a great night. It was a great night, and um, I mean, there's nothing more fun in the world than to see pain leave in the name of Jesus. That's just it's amazing. It's amazing. So that's I'm just looking for. More and more of that in the next year. More supernatural demonstrations of the full gospel. You know, because Jesus, when Jesus came, he ministered to 
the needs of the individuals at their level. You know, he didn't poke people in the chest and try to convince them that they were sinners because, you know what, the world does that. The world, everybody around, around us is constantly criticizing us and putting us down. You know, whether it's in the language of sinner or whatever, we're always being criticized and put down. God wants to lift you up. God wants to reveal to you your, your higher purpose, your higher calling. And, of course, he wants to, you know, you need, before you can come to, to Jesus, you, you need to acknowledge that you're a sinner and acknowledge that you need him. But once you do that, there's a whole new eternal, eternity that, that opens up for you. It's, and for me, it's, you know, it's, it's the full gospel when we, can, when we can preach Jesus and not just argue, but demonstrate. Demonstrate the power of God in a way that they can't deny. Amen. That's a powerful witness. And, you know, people look for more of a full gospel and, and you know, the blessing in their life and more, more and more of Jesus in their life. And, and that's why I brought you here into the Iron Show, because I wanted more of that, too. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I could get you to tell some more stories here. I yeah. knew I could get you to report some more healing. Yeah. I saw Mighty Thomas here. Tom? Yeah, there? Yeah. Hey, yeah, good to hear from you. Yeah. Hey, yeah, you too, man. That's, uh, that's some amazing stuff, man. Jesus is so cool, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so what do I I'm sure I'm so inspired. Far? I can't believe we got Peter Good Gaming and Tom Bionic <laughs> in the same room with Johnny Boy. <laughs> oh, man. This is an iron show. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's just so encouraging to have Pete in here telling these healing, you know, stories. And I, you know, I hate to say stories. Uh, I need to find another word for that because yeah. they're not stories. Testimony. Testimony. Yeah. Right. Testimony. Yeah. It's all about, it's all for, for the glory of God and for the glory of Jesus because yeah, Jesus, Jesus, wants, Jesus wants to be able to use each one of us yeah. in, in amazing, radical ways. And what I've found is there's, there's an old uh, a preacher that used to say faith is spelled R-I-S-K. And, uh, wow. Like Christians, oh, wow. Christians are good at covering all their bases and doing church, you know, the best that can humanly possibly be done. But God wants to take it to another level where where we step out of the boat and we, we place, intentionally put ourselves in situations where we're going to look stupid unless God shows up. And we got to be yeah. willing to do that because that's that's the time when the Holy Spirit can really do His work. Yeah. Well, Pete, how how can I? I know this is a, I don't know if people ask you this, but this is a burning question right now with me. And how can I take it to the next level and go do what you do? Because I want to <laughs> do that too. Well, I mean, I got I'm stories, jealous. I'm jealous got of you. People that you know, like my friend Louis. You know, he had a radical experience in the healing rooms where God touched him. And healed him and delivered him of of many things, not just physical but emotional and spiritual. But uh, he he just had a, a natural bold personality. God had gifted him with a bold personality that had just been channeled wrong for years and years. But once he came in aligned with the Holy Spirit, God was able to use his personality in amazing ways. And uh, and his his whole thing was, you know, if 
if if God did this through through other people praying for me, why can't I go out and why can't God use me and why can't I touch why can't God touch other people through me? And so he just uh, uh, naturally, as he would share his testimony about his healing, he'd come in contact with people who needed certain things, you know, supernatural things. I mean, he would start, like he would pray for people and all this prophetic stuff would come out that he had no clue what he was saying and people were blown away and they would be touched and and shocked and amazed but feel the love of God through what he was saying. And then he would pray for people um, that had that needed healing, and they would get healed. So I, I really think that one of the main missing ingredients uh, of the church is, is simply is a holy boldness, just to just to step out and do it. Because yeah. I think we've got enough we got enough Bible knowledge. You know, we have enough Bible knowledge. The, the church is really kind of led by. I mean, if you look at Ephesians, uh, uh, it talks about like the fivefold ministry gifts: the apostles, prophets. Evangelists, teachers, and preachers. Well, uh, the church is kind of led by the teachers, evangelists, and and uh, pastors, and we're kind of missing the like the apostolic and the prophetic direction. And uh, but once you get that, the, the apostolic and the prophetic part of it is really heavenly minded, and they're really worried what God wants, and so they're uh, they they encourage people to step out in the supernatural. At least that's what I see as their as their calling. Um, but if you look at Acts chapter four, um, what the what the apostles prayed after they had been persecuted, um, they they prayed this prayer. They said they got together and they prayed this prayer, uh, and they're and they're in mind they they're thinking of the threats that the authorities have made against them, and they know that they're being persecuted and they know that they might suffer. But they said uh, Acts chapter four verse twenty nine says, "Now Lord, consider their threats." And enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. So you don't you don't see the supernatural unless you unless you have great boldness. And these the apostles in the early church knew this. So that's what that was their prayer. That was the foundation that led them to you know to to see that higher level. Um, was that was it? It was to be able to preach your word. Speak your word with great boldness. And again, that goes back to uh, uh, one of my favorite verses, Matthew chapter 10, verses 7 and 8. And this is when Jesus sent out, this is like a mini great commission, or like a uh, a pre-great commission, when he sent, sent out the the 12. And he sent, he sent them out uh, saying, As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. And uh, my friend Louis really lived out this this thing. Freely you have received, freely give. He received it, but then he immediately wanted to give it away. But again, the precursor here is, as you go, preach. The kingdom of heaven is near. And I think I think we can cut through a lot of a lot of nonsense and a lot a lot of argument. By simply going out and and you know we're called to preach, but not in an argumentative sort of way. As simply we're called to preach simply as a declaration, just saying, you know, like I said in my last interview, just declare that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, the kingdom of heaven is near, it's right here, it's within grasp, it's within us. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is within you, and it, that's it's through Jesus. Jesus is is alive inside of us. We have access to everything that he has access to. Um, 
but that's all we got to do and that's it's like uh it's a real it's like a supernatural way to evangelize is simply just to make that statement and then look for a way to to back that truth up the kingdom of heaven is near jesus is king let me prove it to you you know you have a you have a sore ankle you have a sore leg let me prove it to you jesus is real let me pray for you and now the other thing is we've got to uh we've got to know that uh we got to we got to take our theology from the bible not from our experience because there will be times where we pray and nothing happens but we can let that distract us from the truth and the truth is that jesus said you know that these signs will follow those who believe so we got to keep pressing in we got to keep doing it and it will it will happen you know the god's power will will be there to back you up Let's say, you know, you're a coach. You're a coach. You're a, a little, little league coach. Yeah. And let's take, it, let's take it to a coaching level. Okay. Johnny's in the hiring hall with the real men in the morning, and, uh, and they're standing around, and uh, Joe is sitting there in the corner, a big old black guy, and he's moaning. He's got a, his, his arms hurting because uh, I'm going to walk up and say, what's up, Joe? What's, he goes, oh, man, my arm's killing me, bro. Uh, I was on a 10-hour lasher last night, and it uh, just about killed me. And uh, now, now <laughs> as a coach, as a coach, now Johnny wants to heal this guy. <laughs> yeah. So as a coach, now coach me through it. What do I do? Oh, well, you're, you're talking like a job site atmosphere, right? Yeah, I'm talking. Yeah, I'm talking Where, in the hiring hall with the real longshoremen. Oh, I know. Yeah, so you're in. in it, I, I can relate because it's almost like a. They don't believe in out. no Jesus. They don't so, believe in no Jesus. Well, with the real men, they're they're talking about you know, they're talking about their, real men. Their stories. Well, you know, quote unquote. <laughs> real I, men follow Jesus. <laughs> that's right. I know. Well, I didn't mean it like that. You know what I'm trying to say, don't you? I'm just messing with you. Talk, let me say, how about this? The hard, the hardcore man. Yeah. Well. <laughs> so I'm in there. I'm in the hiring hall, and Joe's sitting there moaning. Bunch of longshoremen are sitting around. They don't believe in no Jesus or nothing, and they're cussing and carrying on and telling jokes. And I go over. I want to. I see Joe over there, and I ask him what's wrong. He tells me, "Now I want to heal him." Now, coach me through it. What do I do? Oh, we lost Pete. Uh oh. Well, hey, let me let me answer that question. <laughs> okay. Let me throw out an answer while Peter comes back, and right on. Feel free to, he can feel free to contradict me. Uh, just do it. <laughs> You know, do it. It's like hey, I'm just, listening. Hey, Tom Bionic, you got good advice. Coach, just do it. Okay, just do it. Just do it. You know, he goes, "Man, my arm's killing me. It just about killed me last night." And just go, "Hey, I don't, you know, I don't want to intrude or anything, but you know, can I just pray for you uh, and pray for your healing of your arm?" And they'll look at you for really weird for about ten seconds, and then probably go, "Sure, why not?" You know, and you just. You know, lay hands on them and uh, uh, pray for them. What do I say? Uh, Whatever comes to your heart. Whatever comes to your heart. heart. The Lord will lead you in the prayer. Yo, oh sure. Start by start by praising Jesus. You know, praising for all the things He's done for you, and uh, just all the things that He's doing in your heart and stuff. You know, any anything that comes to mind to praise praise God for. You know, it seems like all the prayers in the Bible they start. You know, the disciples and stuff started by praising God for 
whatever it is, you know. Yeah, I like our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be the name. Well, I used, to, with, uh, I used to start out like, you know, if I'm laying my hands on somebody, or, you know, if I'm praying, I used to just, you know, just say thank you, Father, for even this opportunity that you've, you know, you've taken me out of, you know, where I was at and brought me to here where I could have the honor to pray for this person, you know, and, you know, something like that, you know, something that's the joy that you have, you know, it'll come. But that's what something like, yeah, you know, thank you, Father, for, you know, for, you know, what you've done. You know, you brought me to this point, you know. And then you just start praying for him. I guess that's how I would, I'd usually do it. I usually thank him for just the opportunity to pray for somebody. Yeah. No, that's you know? a good, that's that's perfectly valid, too. Um, and just, you know, just, just praise God, thank him, thank him and praise him. And, uh, you know, just pray about every aspect of that, of that, uh, you know, swollen arm or hurt arm and, you know, ask Jesus in distinct, like, real language, you know. Don't go, oh, Lord, I think you can heal. Maybe you can heal. Be like, Lord, heal, you know, heal Joe's arm. Heal it, you know, you know, get rid of the pain. And, and I, I find, for me, like, being both really specific and be, being really complete about it is a good thing too. Um, what if, what if Joe know. says? What if Joe says? What if Joe says? Uh, get away from me, white boy. Uh, well, <laughs> like, then what do I do? Well, Take the dust off like, your feet. <laughs> yeah, be like, well, can I? Can I? You, you sure you don't want me to pray for you? It ain't going to cost you anything. It's not going to, no. you know. The worst thing that could happen is nothing. And uh, no. no, the I'm, other thing. You know, it that, sounds like I'm jo- it sounds like I'm joking around and being, you know, like a smart aleck. But you know, I, I'm thinking in practical terms because that's that's going to happen to you. You know, you that's know, like, yeah. You know, I've never once had that happen where somebody Me really said, "Yeah, don't." No. People always go. Okay. Uh, well, uh, all right. I mean cool and um those times are usually the times when people who aren't they you know are maybe even nominal christians or not christians at all uh even if they don't get healed they just get totally touched by the love of jesus a lot of times you know they'll be you know we'll get done and i'll notice like they're all you know they're crying like a baby because somebody took the time to to pray with him uh dr future did that one time uh, a couple of years ago, they were him, a group of people from our church went over to see somebody in the hospital, and he ended up praying for a Hindu lady. And uh, uh, just from what I heard, like you know, she ended up just crying and being like, you know, your God would would heal me, a non-believer, and uh, and they prayed for her right there in the waiting room, you know, and it just really, really, really touched her. Um, and I'm, uh, you know, obviously you want you want Joe's arm to be healed, but uh, part and parcel to that is, you know, like what Peter seemed to indicate, you know, you take the time to to take the time to, to lay hands on somebody and pray for them. That's not a small thing. That's that's preaching the gospel with your actions, you know. Amen. It really would and, be, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. And that, that is so, I mean, unfortunately, that is so outside of our comfort zone, but it's so... 
I think it's really needed. It's funny we're even talking about this because I just went to a home group tonight where we talked about this for about an hour and a half. Uh, things, you know, ways to get out of your comfort zone. And, uh, there's a there's a website that I'm affiliated with called dvdtract.com where we have free tracks of the gospel. Uh, it's about 22 minutes long. Uh, one for, you know, just for regular non-believers and for Jehovah's Witnesses and then Muslims and then a bunch of other people. Unfortunately, the site is sans videos right now. We had a huge problem with the video uh, the people who who host the videos, but they'll be back up real soon. Um, but they're there for people to download and just to give out to people, you know. And uh, one of the things that I do is every about once a month or so, I go out with another guy. We'll burn a couple hundred DVDs and just go like hit a parking lot, you know, and and just plaster the, you know, plaster the uh, the, the parking lot. All the cars get a DVD tracked. And the interesting thing is that you're totally out of your comfort zone, but even still, interesting things happen, you know. Like, so are you uh, talking uh, about going out and handing out DVDs? Yes. That what, I'm, oh, yeah. just out randomly on the street? Uh, Yeah, well, you know, like in a parking lot or something. Yeah. And, uh, you know, go to like Dick's Sporting Goods and then, you know, put them on every single car in the parking lot, you know, on the windshield of every single car in the parking lot. And... You know, you're totally out of your comfort zone, but you're totally bold. And uh, weird things happen, you know, like in a good way. Like the guy I went with, um, the guy I went with, I guess, he put one on a car windshield, and the owner of the car was walking up, and he got all mad. The owner of the car got mad about it, and my friend didn't know what, what to do. What's my car for? <laughs> yeah, so my friend, he's like yelling at him and stuff, and my friend just hands him a DVD. And the guy takes that and looks at it for like 20 seconds and goes, looks back at him, and he's not angry anymore. And he goes, thanks. And then walks off. Really? Yeah. It's really... It's like, like, that, really, like the spirit really moving, you know, turning somebody from totally mad to all of a sudden just like, yeah. thanks. What is the thing? What does it say on it? It doesn't say anything. So well, some of them say DVD, important, watch me. And others oh. of them are oh. blank. And... and so no, just they're they're all different, just depending on what you want to write on each one. So um, and it's kind of like the biblical, uh, and this is again Doctor Future described it this way. I think it's a good apt description. It's kind of like it's kind of like scattering seeds, you know, like out there in the field. Some people are going to get it, some people aren't, but you know they now have this tight, really tight, compact, succinct, moving. Uh, look at the gospel that's, you know, and it's presented in a way that they're going to sit down and look at it and really consider it. You know, somebody hands you, uh, you find a random DVD on your car, you're like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. I'm almost scared to watch it, but I better watch it because it's on my car. You know, this might be like serious <laughs> stuff where they've like, you know, chopped up my family and, you know, want a ransom note or something crazy. But then they put it in, and it's the gospel, and it's disarming, you know. And they watch it, and they don't know, you know, that you're not sure about it. But it forces them to at least sit and watch it. And so um, I think there's some value in that, you know. Uh, but anyway, I, you know, getting back to what that, – that's a little bit far afield, but, you know, what you asked about no, originally, that's... you know, be being bold in that stuff. And that's something that I have to work on, too. It's tough to be bold about that stuff sometimes. I want to be like – 
like lazy and sit on my couch. I want to hand out DVDs via throwing them out the balcony window, you know, as I lay on the couch and watch Seinfeld or something. Just hoping but, they land in a good spot. Yeah, yeah, like, hmm, that pile of like 400 DVDs at my front windows, you know, hopefully somebody takes them all. Um, but, you know, you got to, uh, you know. Well, we should, you know, we should all do real quick, sorry to interrupt, I'm reading on the board, we should real say a real quick prayer for uh, Susan. Or Susan. Yeah, Suzanne. So we, Suzanne, yeah, sorry. back in here, too, so. Let's yeah. pray for her because she says God doesn't listen to me either. I've been doubling up on pain medication for the last two days. Okay. And Peter, with healing, do the people need to be physically touched? She laid his hands on. I, she goes, I suffered from fibromyalgia, RA, I don't know what that is, chronic fatigue, and thyroid. Rheumatoid arthritis. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. This sounds, this sounds good. Praise God. Let's pray for oh, yeah. right now. And, you know, and her name is Susan? It's Suzanne. It's White Tiger, but Suzanne. yeah, Suzanne. Yeah, okay. Suzanne. Can we have Pete right. lead us in prayer on this? All right. Yeah, I'm, let's do that. For, gonna, for, I'll, I'll pray what God puts on my heart, and then after I'm done, anybody else, just add to it. Because uh, okay. I think no we need to go after this, and I want to see, I, I believe we're going to see this stuff out in the name of Jesus right here and right now. And but to all that Suzanne, are listening, too. That's right. Suzanne, just uh, just reach out for like a, a point of contact for your faith. Like uh, put your hand out on the speaker or on the computer screen or something like that. Because I believe the power of God is going to hit you and you're going to be healed. I believe that right now. Father in heaven, thank you so much for uh, for this time we can be together and talk about about the birth of your son of this Christmas season, Lord. Mm-hmm. Well, we thank you for every person that's here, for every person that's, uh, that's at their computer screen, Lord. Lord, right now we want to lift up Suzanne, Lord. Because she's suffering, Lord, and she doesn't have to suffer, Lord, because you've given us authority over all sickness and over all disease. So, Father, right now, in Jesus' name, I speak to the to these things that are in Suzanne's body right now, Lord. This fibromyalgia, I curse it in Jesus' name right now. I command this fibromyalgia to leave her right now in Jesus' name. This fit, chronic fatigue syndrome has got to go right now in Jesus' name. Thyroid disease has got to go right now in Jesus' name. Father in heaven, I just release your Holy Spirit power to impact her right now, wherever she is, Lord. Just release your spirit of peace over her. Anxiety, we rebuke you in Jesus' name. You're not of God. Fear, you've got to go. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Just release the peace of God over her right now. Lord, every spirit, Lord, that is on her right now, we command it to go in Jesus' name, Lord. She only has room for your Holy Spirit, Lord. Every empty place that is left, where all this stuff has been, we just release your Holy Spirit, Lord, to wash over her like a waterfall, just to fill her up from the soles of her feet to the top of her head right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. We love you. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for what you've given to us through your Son, Jesus. We pray all these things in Jesus' name for your honor and for your glory. Amen. Yeah. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just uh, I also want to pray against these things. Uh, by the power and authority of Jesus Christ, these uh, uh, any spiritual entities that are that may be affecting her health, uh, by the power and authority of Jesus Christ, they must leave uh, right now. Uh, I want to pray for uh, I want to pray specifically for health and healing. 
uh, for uh, over her fibromyalgia, Lord. I want to pray specifically uh, for for anything that she's having with uh, any problems she's having with stress there, uh, any problems she's having with with fear. Uh, I want to pray specifically against those things. Any problems that she may be having, uh, you know, with her feet, Lord. I want to pray specifically for those things, Lord. I want to pray that you uh, you just pour your healing out. Uh, just so powerfully on her, Lord. Um, I want to pray specifically for uh, uh, just any stress that this stuff may be causing with her family. Um, you know, um, any any other problems like that, Lord. I want to pray for all those things that uh, that you heal all those things that you intercede in all of those places in the name of Jesus Christ. Um, you just, Father, place your hand on her powerfully and heal her, Lord. Uh, you know you know each and every place to touch in her body, Father. Uh, you know you know the very hairs on her head. There are, you know them you know them by name. You've counted them, Father. That you so uh, let put your hand on her body, put your spirit in her heart, uh, and heal her, Father. Yes, it's all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for these opportunities always, Lord. What an honor it is. Uh, Lord, uh, we don't understand why we go through these things, Lord, but you said, Lord, did say that we must go through much tribulation to enter into the kingdom. And Lord, I know that Suzanne's sick of the medications, and I know, Lord, she's sick of all being on it for the, the time, you know, and the years that's been affecting her with all that, Lord. And and, Lord, sometimes at the moments where we feel like giving up, Lord, Lord, that we, I just, Lord, that you uh, continue to be with her and strengthen her. And, yes, Lord, I know, Lord, that you, you, you don't want that in any of your children, that, that anybody to suffer that long of time, Lord. And, Lord, I just that you would get rid of the, you know, and like Pete uh, said, it, it's a curse. And they of our condemned flesh, Lord, but you ask that you can give her some peace from it and some rest from it, and that you could actually wipe it all out, and we know you can, Lord, and we believe it, and uh, Lord, just to do that miracle in her, and uh, so she can continue on, and in the ministry, having a clearer head, and and to, uh, you know, not always constantly be on, you know, under attack under this, you know, sickness. So we just ask, Lord, that you just continue just to Fill it with your living water, Lord, and let the healing come, Lord. Amen. And if it does take a long time or if it's quickly, Lord, only you know, Lord, but I ask for it quickly, Lord, that's right. for her because I know that that's what, you know, she really wants. She wants it just gone all the way. And, Lord, even if it is a prolonged, Lord, that you continue to give her peace and let her realize that no matter what, where we're at, if we're even in not in tribulation or we're in tribulation, Lord, we're always in your hands and that, you never, nothing can snatch us out of your hands, and that you're there, and you and you understand, you identify, and you know exactly what we're going through. Now we can look upon your cross, and we can look upon what you did, and always understand when we're in the midst of our, you know, little situations, our tribulations, that we can always look upon that and know that uh, you're you're walking right next to us. You're you're in us, and you're walking side by side, carrying our crosses with us. And we just thank you, Lord, just continued for the honor just to even have this show and have all the wonderful brothers and sisters 
uh, of the faith that are, are doing their wonderful ministries that you continue to to, uh, to continue their ministries, Lord, with with much power and much evidence that they can, you know, the things unseen that they can be seen and continue moving us on, you know, in, in, in this ministry that you can continue to guide us and that we follow you through it no matter what and that you can give us boldness to uh, do this very same thing as when you give it, like for Johnny, give him the strength to even walk up to the longshoreman and just say, let me pray for you, even if it's a quick prayer. It doesn't matter, Lord, that you continue just to give us the boldness to do these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to say that um, to anybody listening to this uh, now or in the future, uh, it's been proven by science that prayer works backwards in time just as effectively as it works right on the, right at the minute. So if you're listening to this three weeks from now, a month from now, a year from now, I'd like you to just kind of bow your head and please uh, please pray for our sister Suzanne that uh, that she would be completely healed in Jesus' name, that all her pain would go, her rheumatoid arthritis, fibromyalgia, and uh, any and then also uh, help her uh, come down from those pain medications because that's a that's a whole other story because we know that she's healed now. No, we need her to we need uh, her to, to we need to pray for her to help her come down off these pain medications because that's another challenge. So um, I just like to say, please Jesus, please heal my sister Suzanne. Please heal her right now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yeah, uh, RA rheumatoid arthritis. I I didn't hit that. I wanna I wanna hit that right now. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, Lord, we we see that rheumatoid arthritis, the devil that's on her right now. We command it to let go of her right now. Rheumatoid arthritis, you've got to go in Jesus' name. Suzanne, I want you to check yourself out. Stand up and see how you're doing. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for empowering us, Lord. We just thank you so much for for Christ in us, the hope of glory. And we thank you that you're teaching us all that we have inside of us, Lord. We thank you that freely we have received and freely we will give. And we just thank you for this time tonight, Lord, where we can be together as brothers and sisters and we can and we can see demonstration of the power of your gospel. We thank you, Lord. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. Suzanne, I want to hear some. Uh, I want to hear some. Uh, a response. I want to see how you're feeling, because I know you. I know you felt something. Right now, she's thanking, thanking you for thanking us for our prayers. Yeah. But Pete, you want to hear? You want to hear a report? Well, yeah. I, I think she's checking herself out. <laughs> yeah. But uh, hey, Tom, I I liked your. My uh, my cordless phone, the batteries died, so I hooked up with the non-electric uh, phone. But I was listening while I was trying to hook things up, and uh, <laughs> I'm not in pain right now. I can't say whether it's from the pain meds or from prayer. Oh, so you are medicated right now. But, uh, yeah, just... Uh, hey, Suzanne, get, um, get a juicer. I'll tell you, I've been doing a lot of research on cancer and um, MS, and a bunch of other stuff. And I've ended up meeting quite a few, a couple of people that have beat, um, uh, one person who beat, uh, 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 the doctor sat him down and said, look, 97% of the people in your position die. 
And then he said, well, what are, what are the 3% do? And they said, well, we do, you know, this high alkaline diet, and they did a lot of juicing of carrots and lemons and, yeah. you know, making making fresh fruit juice every day, you know, big glasses of it, like 32 ounces, and chugging that every day. And uh, uh, I met one lady who beat cancer. Uh, yeah, anyway, that they turned she, he turned the death sentence into into health just by, you know, following a really highly alkalized diet and juicing a lot and doing a bunch of other really healthy things. I just had a long conversation this morning with another lady who uh, who beat stomach cancer when she was 16 by really, uh, really getting serious about, about uh, the same stuff, you know. We talked and she actually recommended buying a juicer. And I'll tell you what, I bought one about a month ago and I, you know, like juiced all sorts of crazy stuff. Uh, and I went from feeling, you know, kind of okay to feeling really good in the morning uh, within about a day. And by like three days, I was, you know, I started doing like a couple hundred push-ups and a couple hundred sit-ups every morning just because I feel like, <laughs> like I feel so good in the morning. Uh, hey, uh, what, what, what were you using? Like what veggies and stuff? Oh um, well, I started with I started with a, a kind of a concoction. It was it was a, a four or five pieces, forty five big carrots, four or five I'm celeries. I'm writing this down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then a big apple, maybe if it's a small apple, like two apples, and then sure. a beet, and beet. Uh, a beet of all things. Yeah, beet. Yeah. I think they're really good. That's high alkaline. Yeah. That was kind of the thing, and uh, then doing doing all that, juicing it all, and then putting it, taking that, and then putting it in the blender with uh, um, a banana and some cranberries, and spinning all that stuff and drinking it. And man, I'll tell you, it's like it is like an on switch for your for at least it has been for me. You know, it's like I just feel so much better, and um, like everything positive. I even think my skin looks better to be honest. And it's um so yeah, Suzanne, try that. Give that a shot. Well, I'm not thirty two ounces worth. Uh well yeah, just that'll make a lot of juice. Four or five pieces of carrots, four or five big carrots, four or five celery, the apple, the cranberries, the uh the beet and uh and the beet leaves too. Even the beet leaves go down in there. Um and you do all that yeah, stuff, man. Yeah, because beet leaves, beet leaves are the most nutritious food on the planet. I don't know if anybody knows that, but that's a fact. Yeah, no, they're super, they're super duper good for you. Um, because beet leaves, beet leaves, and then uh, blackberries are next. That's the most, yeah. I'd like to just say that, just real quick, that if anybody's juicing, all you got to do is, no matter what kind of heinous vegetables you throw in there, if you put an apple and a piece, couple. Good sized chunks of apple in there with it, juice it in there with it. It'll taste good. So, oh, yeah, no apple. The apple in this case, an apple covers a multitude of sins. <laughs> it's totally yeah. like you guys, the uh, grossest I, thing, and it's the apple makes it good. Go ahead. Go ahead. I uh, I just gotta I gotta put my kids to bed. It's uh, I know. Great Man, time you've put in a big so. shift in with us again. <laughs> but it was uh it was good. I'm glad I called you guys. You guys yeah. are amazing. Love you. Great to work with you, Pete. Yeah. Thank you, Maka, everybody. <laughs> right on. Thanks right. for coming, Pete. Thanks so much. <laughs>
Okay, and Susan, uh, you stay in touch. Get me on Facebook or something, because uh, I want to see you completely set free in Jesus' name. Because God does speak to you, and He wants to He wants to just uh, turn your life upside down and fill you with His power and turn you loose. I'm serious. <laughs> anyway, good night, guys. I'll, I'll All be right, good night, Pete. Thanks again, man. Bye, okay. bye. Oh, that was oh, great. Oh man. I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. We got we got Peter Good Game. We got Mighty Tom in here. Me and Rex, Suzanne. Oh man, this is awesome. This is an iron show. So uh <laughs> Hey, you know, uh, Tom, I wanted to ask you about this if you got a minute. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, when I first started out, um Rose wanted to uh she 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 had an idea for a Christmas show and she wanted us to explore the uh the roots of our holiday traditions, you know, and dig deep into it and find out how they you know, the origins of it, where they came from. And then ask the question, does it even matter? <clears throat> you know, so what I did was I, I went and researched the Christmas tree and found it in Jeremiah. And I don't know mm-hmm. if you've ever have you ever found that in Jeremiah? It's like the first like Christmas tree, only it's not a Christmas tree. And I went and did a basic short run of history of of it all, just, to, uh, you know, like a real brief of it, not going into much detail. So yeah. it's, time for your, it's time for your input. <laughs> yeah, and I just um, wanted to read this to you, Tom, you know, no so you can think there. about it. I just I wanted no to read this to you really quick so you can think about it and give me yeah. a little feedback. Uh, this is right here, uh, Jeremiah 10.3, and this is about uh, 629 to 588 B.C., Mm-hmm. Um, in Jeremiah three ten uh ten three. Jeremiah ten three says, For the customs of the people are vain, for one cutteth a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen with the axe. They deck it with silver and gold, they fasten it with nails and hammers, that it move not. Wow. <laughs> I've heard that I've heard people talk about that in there. Reputable people reputable people, but it's the first time I've actually heard the verse. Or read it for, you know. First time deal. Johnny Longshorn has ever read it to you. That's that's certainly true. Um, <laughs> my only, my you know, my feeling on that is, you know, I don't I don't care when people when people uh, worship the Lord. You know, some people worship the Lord on Saturday, some worship on Sunday. You know, some people call him, you know, Jehovah God, and other people call him Apahui. You know, it's hard to get that little up thing in the last. I say it again. Uh, Apahui. It's a it's an Aboriginal time and Aboriginal tribe in the Amazon. That's their name for the one true what, God. What do they have to do with this? I'm sorry, you lost me. <laughs> I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. Um, oh, oh, oh. The thing is, it, to me, it's like you know, the the question you asked earlier was, do these holiday traditions are they all pagan? And my answer would be yes. But ultimately, it doesn't. I don't think it matters as much as, you know, uh, under the new covenant, especially, is your heart right with God? Are you, you know, worshiping, worshiping the Lord in spirit and truth? You know, there are people who I would say in some cases that the Christmas tree in their home is exactly what it was in, um, you know, 588 B.C. or whatever. In Jeremiah's time, the heathens. Yeah, it's it's a total heathen thing. They put presents under it, and it's just a place to, to, um, you know, to uh, store your wealth until it's unwrapped and you take possession of it. 
And then there are well, other that's people. That's a revelation. I never thought of that. Well, yeah, man. And then there, then there are other people where it's it's just something they do as part of the season. It's a family tradition where everybody gets together and decorates the tree and kind of loves on each other. And then they, you know, at the end of the evening they pray on, you know, pray with each other, and then they go to bed. And then there are still other people who are, you know, intense about it. They don't have a tree. They do a Passover, and the dad wears a prayer shawl and blows the ram's horn, you know, the shofar. And it's, you know, if if that's what they feel like God wants them to do, that's that's cool. But, I mean, uh, with me, it, it has so much to do with your personal relationship with the Lord and less so with actual, obviously within reason, uh, less so with the actual what, you know. I don't think, uh, uh, to me it's very clear that in the in the gospel, God doesn't want us to be doing, um, you know, God didn't give us a checklist of things to do. He wants us... That's interesting. God didn't give us a checklist. Yeah. That's interesting. That's a huge thing you just said. I mean, that's a huge thing you just said. Well, I think that's I think that's really true, and it's it's tough because it's an easily abused concept. You know, um, people can people can go and they can they can be like, well, God didn't give me a checklist, man, so I can just go do kind of like whatever I want, or they can deceive themselves. You know, which is usually what happens. Um, they go and they they'll be God will be they'll be like, well, you know, it's okay for me to do X Y Z, even though that's totally something that is not expedient for them. That is something that is absolutely, they should absolutely not be doing because it not only does it not edify them, it doesn't edify the body and it, you know, it's internally causing problems. Uh, so, but I mean, ultimately I think it comes out, it comes out with, you know, the biggest, the biggest part is that God wants a relationship with us. You know, that's part and parcel of, you know, joining us in the spirit with Jesus. You know, God and you know, Jesus when in Acts nine when he when he appears to Saul, he didn't say, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute my my people or why do you persecute my church or why do you persecute the believers? He said, Why do you persecute me? You know? Right. And, Jesus and, said if you if you've done these things like uh, neglected poor people, you've done it to me. Yes. Yes, Jesus sees these things, and 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 indeed, I think they're this way in reality in his in his eye that we're connected to him through the Spirit, and uh, through, with that idea in mind, you are. Uh, it's not necessarily a checklist, um, and you can and you can make religiosity uh, just as dry and stodgy as as somebody who has a Christmas tree. You know, it's it's it has so much to do with what's in your heart for me. So that's my answer. I'm sticking to it. That's a, that was a that was a really good answer and you hit on some really eye opening and, you know, profound little things there, you know, that really spoke to me, you know. That's uh that was cool. Praise the Lord, <laughs> Praise the Lord man. <laughs> that was cool, you know, that's what but what I was going back to at the beginning of the uh, of the whole show was that, you know, all these people that God's brought into my life, you know, I'm rubbing elbows with guys like Tom Bionic and Peter Goodgame and Dr. Future. And I don't know if for nothing else, the uh, this Iron Show and you guys have changed my life. 
<laughs> if, it, if it reaches nobody else, you guys have totally had such a deep influence on me, you know. Well, yeah, but there's, but but who knows? That's one of the things in doing, doing you know the Mighty Tom's Bible Study and Future Quake and all these other things, radio projects that I'm involved with is that you just never know that something you say is gonna is gonna touch somebody, you know, weeks, days, years down the line. You know, they'll be like, oh, hey, what's this? Oh, this looks weird. I'm going to download this. I don't know what they're talking about. And then they'll sit and listen ten times, and they'll be, something you said ministers to them in a way that just, you know, only God could plan, you know. So um, you're, I say all that to say that, you know, uh, as you say that you're, you know, we've ministered to you, you know, don't discount all of the ministry that you're doing to people that you don't, you know, that download the show and uh, people out there in, you know, in the world who may down your may hear their show randomly because it's on a computer that, I don't know, they, they find an iPod in a, in a restaurant and they plug it in to hear your show and something about it touches them. You know, something totally random like that that only God could do and it's you ministering to them. So, you know. It's not just uh, there's a there's you never know how much good is going to come out of these things, right? And uh, I just knew at one point, you know, uh, that I had to do something, even if it was wrong. You know, it's like my dad used to say, <laughs> you know, my wife, <laughs> my wife told me, you know, maybe God doesn't want you to do this. I mean, if you're thought about, maybe this is all just your idea, and. Uh, uh, when you get in, when you feel like you've been called into some kind of ministry, um, how do you know? I mean, I mean that, that always enters into the picture. I don't know if anybody questions that, but I did. My wife made me question that. Well, what if this is just some carnal thing that I want to do? You know, and I think that's a fair question too. Some people don't like that question, but I think that is a very that's a very fair question that needs to have. If you're going to be truthful about stuff, you need to take a real look at that. You know, most people don't like to hear that, but it's true. Um, and, you know, everybody's answer is going to be different for him. Uh, one friend of mine, when he, when he, uh, 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 when he has these sort of things where he's got to, like, do something, he feels like God's telling him to something, he gets so agitated about it that it's like he drops everything and just does whatever it is until it's done, you know, like he'll be talking to me, he's like, man, I got to do this thing, like right now, you don't understand, we got to, and we're going to just, you know, we're just going to go and do it, and we're going to just, you know, kick some uh, evil butt here, and then, you know, 48 hours later, he hasn't slept, but whatever he was working on is done, and now it's out there as a, you know, ministry tool, or a refutation of this movie, or that movie, or whatever it is, and, um, you know, and then there's other people, uh, you know, there's other people like, you know, like Dr. Future who just really feels like, you know, uh, it started out, I think, I think Future Quake, you know, started out as one thing and kind of became another. And now Amen. he realizes the value of it. And it's just really, you know, he puts just so much work into this show. Um, I'm just lucky to know the guy, you know, I'm lucky to be able to just, to just, like, you know, get to hang out with him for five minutes, let alone do a radio show with him each week. 
and uh, you know, um, uh, his yeah. I wish I could hang out with Doctor Future. Well, you're gonna have to move move to Nashville. You know, you probably could. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to just come out and visit and show up at the church and freak him out. (laughs) (laughs) He probably he probably enjoy that. He probably would enjoy that. Yeah, Dr. Future, you know, you talk about, you know, things that just touch people. You know, Future Quake, you and Dr. Future, you know, reached out to old Johnny. And, you know, I'm a believer. I've been a believer since 85, but it, something really changed in me that really woke me up when I started listening to Future Quake. And, you know, no matter what you guys were talking about, I just kept hearing Jesus in it. Uh, yeah. uh, and I, it's hard to explain, you know. I mean, you guys, a lot of times you go cover all these, you know, uh, conspiracies and all this all this um, wild stuff, but I just hear Jesus in it. I don't know. It just ministers to me just because, I don't know, it's, I guess it's a God thing. Well, that's you know? praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If that's what's going on, that's what's going on. I've had, I've had the similar experience listening to well-crafted sermons uh, where somebody's talking about something that has, and God is speaking to me about something that has nothing to do with whatever this this guy is speaking about, you know, um, and he's just he's like he's going on and on and on about loving your neighbor, and God's saying, you need to quit being so angry at people all the time, or you know, you need to drive slower or whatever it is, you know, something that has nothing to do with what he's talking about, and um, you know that's cool because. That's great to hear, you know. Uh, that may be the best feedback uh, uh, I've ever gotten on Future Quake. It just it doesn't come out as a as a Christian ministry, but time after time after time, it's just such a powerful outreach, and uh, I just hear Jesus all over it, you know. And uh, a lot of the times, I, I'm not even really like listening to what you're saying. I just keep hearing Jesus poking out. It's just. Uh, I don't know. It's a God thing, you know. It's it's profound, and a lot of a lot of times I just hear different dimensions of Jesus. There's a lot of a lot of times, a lot of things you said, Tom, that uh, that uh, you know uh, changed my mind about Jesus. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You can't. He always Jesus. I, I I read the Gospels and like John five, where where God heals, and I I talked about this in Mighty Comes Bible Study. We went over this, but. You know, God healed the um, uh, the invalid man there who wanted to be dipped in the in the water there. And uh, uh, the the thing is, is that Jesus likes to heal, um, likes to do a miracle. He gets he'll get halfway through this like almost folksy superstition, and then step totally step outside the miracle in a really bald faced. Um, dare I say, even vulgar way uh, for the time period of that thing and then totally heal the person as a way of pointing back at himself as the Messiah. And, um, you know, that's that's interesting to hear you say all that stuff because I think that's kind of how, how God works, you know. Yeah, I mean, you think you know Jesus and all of a sudden Mighty Tom says something and all of a sudden you think, wait, I didn't know Jesus, now I do. You know, yeah. that, or Dr. Future says something, 
or, uh, you know, or Rick says something. A lot of times, Rick, you know, I thank God for Rick. He says a lot of things. And all of a sudden, you think, well, I thought I knew Jesus, but now I know a different one. Uh, that doesn't, that didn't sound good, but, yeah. you know. Maybe what you mean is now I know him a little better. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's <laughs> way more accurate. Yeah. I'm, know Jesus of the I'm here to interpret for you. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's easy for me. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm yeah. choking on a pixie stick. Uh, <laughs> uh, I got these pixie sticks to get my throat going, my voice going, and I've been choking on the powder here and there. I'm afraid I, I'm afraid I choked on it right in the middle of your prayer for Suzanne, and I'm gonna have to edit that out. That was that didn't sound good at all. <laughs> yeah, it was okay, man. It's like again, it's it's not those things that you know. It doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be. Just has to be heartfelt when you pray for people, you know. Like I was saying, just praying for somebody, even if God doesn't do one one single thing, praying for that person um, is such a moving thing. I mean, I know that for myself, you know. Like people will pray for me, and it doesn't nothing happens immediately, but I can sense that they just, you know, they care so much and so deeply about me. It's 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 just moving, and and that's. You know, just like with Suzanne, you know, here's four guys that really, really want her to be healed. Um, not because, you know, not because of anything that she can do for us, but it's just because she's a she's a sister in the Lord, and we want, you know, we want our brothers and sisters to be healed and healthy. Yeah, uh, we love Suzanne. You know, we want we want her healed. You know, I, I can't stand here and all hearing her talk about her pain and stuff. You know, she gets on the chat with me, and she has to leave because it hurts so bad. That just hurts me. You know, I want her. I want her to be co- totally healed so that she can, you know, at least so she can hang out with us more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe we, um, maybe we need to take up a collection and get her a juicer. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yeah, I, you know, I'm into the I'm into the juicers too. I, oh. My grandpa got me. He saved. My grandpa was dying of prostate cancer, and they gave him three months, four months to live. And he got a juicer and extended that 14 years. Wow. So, well, yeah. that's a good testimony. Yeah. yeah, that's a true fact. My grandpa, John Bushnell. He's, I have a juicer, yeah. and I just, just been collecting dust. I don't know why it's been collecting dust. I just, yeah, well, you know, you've got to dedicate yeah, yourself to that thing. You've got to clean yeah. it. Yeah. You know? And, you and, know, uh, just like yeah. fired up. I've been, you know, like I said, feeling like, you know, last, my stomach's been going through stomach problems. You know, I, I, when I went to the hospital to go get checked out because it was freaking me out, I just had my teeth pulled, too, so, and I just Dude. went, wow. I was like, i got to get better. i got to get back into shape so I can start climbing the mountain and surfing again. Mm-hmm. And you, well, and you, you were, like, screaming, like, juice, juice something. Yeah. Juiced it a whole bunch. <laughs> yeah. Juiced a whole bunch of something, man. Yeah, I know. Mean, I, I have it. I'm going to pull it out. Go in the yard and start pulling weeds, you know, and stuff it in that thing. Yeah. Get yeah. the neighbor's crab, dog, man. whatever you can, yeah, whatever you can choose. Yeah. You know, dandelions, we, we go through dandelions. We get poisons and stuff to pour on dandelions. We get We kill the third most nutritious food on the planet. It's all over our backyard. Yeah, think about are, that. I've heard those are pretty good for you. 
Yeah, it goes uh, I have beet, a bunch beet of herb leaves, books too. Beet leaves, with blackberries, and dandelions. Those are the three most nutritious foods on the planet in that order. And that's what my grandpa saved himself with, those three things. Fourteen years he extended his life. Wow. So I just wrote down the list and said, okay, I'm pulling that thing out, and I'm going to just start juicing it because, you know, I just keep hearing the good things about just just juice, dude. Just do it. You, who cares about cleaning it up? So I'm just like, all right. Yeah. Well, you know, if you rinse it out right when you're done, if you rinse it out right when you're done, you'll save yourself a multitude of sorrow. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's you're, It's unbelievable. This is a, I mean, this is the way I do it. I'll cut up all the fruit and then fruit and veggies and then, then juice it. And then uh, take a banana and some cranberries and dump them in the blender. And then dump the juice on top of it with just a little tiny bit of water. Mm. And, uh, and then uh, fire up the blender. And while the thing is blending, I just take the four parts of the, uh, the juicer part and wash them out. And it takes maybe a minute and a half. And then the, dr- the drink is done and the, and the juicer is clean. Another thing my grandpa did was dig through that juicer, all those fibery things. He'd stuff them in his mouth and chase them with a piece of bread. Yeah, if I'm, not, I I'm not going there yet. I'll be honest, man. He'd say, you don't want to miss that fiber, Johnny. You don't want to miss that. He'd dig out all those big chunks that were left over in the juicer. And yeah. That's a lot of fiber you're missing, but... Uh, yeah, okay. I'm telling you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass on the fiber, on that much fiber. <laughs> no, i, I got to use that fiber. I want to clean. You know, a lot clean of people will take those chunks out of there and make a, like a banana bread out of it. Huh. You can take that fiber and make yourself a loaf of banana bread or, you know. Yeah, they you know, can make soups out of it and all kinds of stuff is what I was reading. Yeah. yeah. This is like, it's just confirming though. It's confirming it. Okay, start doing the juice. And here yeah. you go. I was thinking about it today. I said, I should pull that thing out. And this was the other day. I, go, I bet if I started doing that, it would make me feel better. Oh, my here God. You go, here you go. You're talking about it. Oh, yeah, I'm doing a juicer. It made me feel real better. And I'm like going, okay. I must yeah. be, that's just no doubt that God's going, you want to be feel better? Use your juicer. That's what it was designed for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Practicality. Common sense. Like and I wasn't using it. Well, like I was saying earlier, you know, it's like that's kind of the me lately kind of seems like how God is working and works, you know, like he'll give you something you totally don't expect, you know, that you you just go like, how on earth did that come into my life? I, I have no idea about that. But sure, you mean like the juicer you know? or like something else? Well, like the juicer, like the invalid man there in John 5, he wanted to get put in the water, but Jesus I said, am. you're healed, you know. He didn't pick yeah. him up and put him in the water. He just said, you're healed. Yeah, you know, just spoke it. He Pick was up gone. your mat and walk. Yeah. So, Richard, you're healed. Pick up of, your juicer and juice. <laughs> that's what a lot of people don't realize about Jesus is the fact that he was God. I mean, we have to, we have to, we have to constantly remind ourselves of that fact. He wasn't just the Son of God. I mean, he was the Son of God, but Jesus was God. He said, "If you've seen me, you've seen the Father." Yeah. You know, uh, he was fully God and fully man. We have to understand that. Jesus could just speak things because he was God. He was creator of the known universe, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, a lot of people don't, we have to constantly remind ourselves, you know, at least I do. Uh, I think it's really important to remind ourselves that Jesus was God. And he said he was God. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm I'm not go- I'm not into the heresy that Jesus was actually the Father. You know, you know who knows? Maybe he was. We don't understand the Triune God. We don't understand that. I don't know anybody who does. Maybe you do, and you could explain it to me, Tom. But I don't ever. I don't. I I I just got into this whole mess in the Bible study a couple of days ago, and I found out <laughs> that I can't adequately explain it. So it's a <laughs> Suffice to say, it is a mystery that is beyond logic. It is not necessarily illogical, but it's beyond logic. So, maybe anyway. a quantum physicist could could grasp it or something. I don't know. Probably I like Oswald like like Chambers understand uh, his what he wrote. You, you ever heard of Oswald Chambers? Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anybody? Yeah. He just. If you want me to read it real quick, uh, yeah. it says his birth and our new birth, his birth and our new birth. And he quotes, Behold, a virgin shall bring forth the son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted as God with us. He says, Oswald Chambers, His birth in history, therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Luke 135, Jesus Christ was born into this world, not from it. He did not evolve out of history. He came into history from the outside. Jesus Christ is not the best human being. He is a being who cannot be accounted for by the human race at all. He is not a man becoming God, but God incarnate. God coming into human flesh, coming into it from the outside. His life is the highest and the holiest, entering into the lowliest door. Our Lord's birth was an advent. His birth in me of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you, Galatians 4.19. Just as our Lord came into human history from outside, so he must come into me from outside. Have I allowed my personal human life to become a Bethlehem for the Son of God? I cannot enter into the realm of the kingdom of God unless I am born from above by a birth totally unlike natural birth. He must be born again. This is not, to com- this is not a command it is a foundation fact. The characteristics of the new birth is that I yield myself so completely to God that Christ is formed in me. Immediately Christ is formed in me. His nature begins to work through me. God manifests in the flesh. That is what is made profoundly possible for you and me by the redemption. That's what Otto Chambers has to say about the whole thing. Wow. <laughs> One of my favorite teachers. Yeah. He's good. He says some good stuff. Uh, I have his that book, My Utmost for His Highest. Uh, it's like a daily thing that like, I like reading because he just, you know, knocks me, you know, knocks me around for the day so I can dwell on him, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Elliot Nash. Anyway. Elliot Nash. Elliot Nash uh, was uh, one of, he's got to be one of my favorite guests that was ever on Future Quake. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about, Tom? Oh, yeah. Elliot Nash. Um, he said something that kind of rattled me. He said that um, he was talking about America. He didn't think it was a Christian nation. I disagree with him, but but um, but what he said, you know, was was that he a lot of people, uh, you know, a lot of people he, he could go around his hometown, and a lot of people would tell you they're Christians, but they have not been born from above. And um, yeah. My question to that is, to Elliot Nash is, all of a sudden is, how do I know that I'm born from above? You know, John, Johnny, uh, how do I know? 
I mean, I question all of a sudden myself. How do I know if I was really born from above? And so that's the question I'd like to put to you, Tom. How do I know? That's an interesting question because I deal with it. I deal with that every once in a while. And then just kind of the nature of the stuff that I that I do and, you know, spiritual warfare type things that come up from time to time and sometimes more than time to time. Sometimes more than time to time. Sometimes all the time. Uh, yeah, sometimes it's a daily, it's a daily thing. Um, I find that with myself, I actually have to revisit that question all the time because it's just a nature. It's like, I'm, and I'm getting better at spotting it, but it's like, that if there's some sort of serious spiritual thing, um, like just my life just gets like nothing really changes. You know, it doesn't get any worse, but my perception of it just gets terrible. I just get down on myself. All of the all of the the normal sins that I struggle with just get magnified. It seems like by 10x, and I just end up you know pleading to God. I'm going to sleep going, God, I just feel like so terrible. I wish you would just put me somewhere else for a little while and let me, you know, recoup or rejuvenate or something, Lord, because I just, ah, I can't take it, you know, just really down on myself. And then, lo and behold, at some point, something something dramatic will happen, you know, something like, you know, just really totally crazy where, you know, come to find out all of this stuff before was a was a spiritual um you know some type of spiritual attack on me and uh within that you know it's always that thing of like well you're not really a christian and that's that's kind of a favorite tactic although it's 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 become pretty ineffective of late and that's because the like of yeah. the devil telling you that yeah yeah you know in your flesh, and, and, and it's it, it could be it could be the flesh, or it could be, you know, who knows all of the above plus something else we have nobody's considered. But, um, you know, it's God said, you know, Jesus said that, you know, you, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, and you know, and then other places he talks about, you know, uh, doing the works of the Father, you know, uh, in Acts. Uh, um, Paul gives this great, neat little synopsis there, the end of Acts, where he talks about, uh, uh, you know, repenting and being born again, and then, uh, um, you know, doing good works. And the idea is, is that, you know, if Christ is in you, Christ is in you, you're going to start doing these good works. You're going to start, you know, trying to heal people and, and just doing good stuff for them for nothing else than just because it feels right, you know. That gets back to what you were saying earlier about, uh, and I guess, you know, speaks a little bit to the relationship aspect too, you know. Uh, Dr. Future is, he is just like a down the line, you know, uh, no matter what happens, he's going this way, you know. He's doing he's doing this one thing, whereas, you know, uh, my buddy Chris, my buddy Chris, you know, he just gets fired up about a, about a DVD project and he's like, I just got to do this DVD project and then just, you know, obsesses about it and does it until it's done. Um, in the same way, you know, those are all, uh, they're totally different. They're totally different 
path to the same end of doing the will of the Father. And and I think that's how you know that you know that you were you were born again. If you're really if you're really interested in the truth, no matter where it leads you, and uh, at some point you either decide to do something about it, or you know you just get so agitated you can't not do something about it, or however that works with you, or you find yourself in some sort of weird you know situation ministering to people, then uh, you know that's that's how I look at it. You know, people may. You mean that's how you know if you've been born from above? Yeah, yeah, I think so. You know, um, I was going to say, is Norm Geisler born from above? Well, I would say it's difficult to. There may be things that we disagree on, but you know, he's this great apologetics expert, and uh, he got saved, and within, you know, he got saved on a Tuesday, and by Thursday he was knocking on doors. You know, going, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. You know, um, and that's... I've never done that. <laughs> I've never done that. Well, neither neither have I. But the point is that, <laughs> I mean, you're doing something. You're doing the Iron Show. You're praying for, you're praying for White Tiger there. You know, um, you're talking. You want to go out and like your buddy Joe. You were talking about. You want to go out and pray with these people. Um, I think that's. And, you know, Jesus stopped me here if I'm wrong, but I think that's an indication, you know, of that. And there are people that, it's easy, it's tough because they're, you can totally confuse that, you know. You have to look. Yeah, can somebody go out like that, can somebody go out like me and do all this out of a carnal uh, lust? Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, Wow, that's sure. scary. That's scary because what I'm not making any money on the Iron Show. It's costing me money. It's costing me time. You know, I'm in there praying for Suzanne. Um, you know, I'm learning from you, and uh, and uh, but c- it could all be carnal. Yeah, a lot I mean, of it fun. can. But it'll. Wow. My feeling that's really is. Scary. Well, that's my scary, feeling is Tom. is though you'll, if you examine it long enough, you come to realize that. It might be carnal, or you won't feel quite right about it, or it'll be, you know, just any of a million things like that. And you'll see that, you'll, you'll get a feeling about it. Or, you know, Jesus will move you from one place to another. Um, I see it a lot with people who are just really into, uh, they're, they're not into their ministry because they like ministering to people. They're into their ministry because it's the way they pay the bills. And you talk about, you know, you talk to them about, um, you talk to them about like, hey, man, you need to step down or this isn't biblical here. And they go, well, if I do that, then I won't be able to buy my Porsche or something. Like something, and and suddenly you realize it's all about, that's an extreme thing, but suddenly you realize it's it's not about, um, it's not about ministering to people. It's about, it's about um, their own whatever it is, and, you know, but even... Do you think we should should constantly ask ourselves the question, am I a fake Christian? Oh, I don't know about... I don't know constantly. You know, you shouldn't have to ask that. Paul says to work out your own salvation with much fear and trembling. Isn't that what that means? But... Isn't that what that means, though? Isn't that what that means, though, to constantly question and... To make sure that you're walking in the face, you know? You know? Well, yeah, but he also he also said, "For it's God that works in you." you yeah, know, exactly. Talking about that, it's it's 
And you know, um, you know, you you know, if you there's things that you just detest, and you know, you're, yeah. you have an act, you have an actual real active conscience, not a not a conscience, a normal conscience, like a a dead man, like you know how we used to be, like you know, well, you know, I know this is wrong. It's not wrong to shoot somebody, or this is a different type. You have a, a, your conscience is alive. There's things that you know, man. I shouldn't be doing that at all. This, that's not me anymore. You know. I don't do those things anymore. You know, it's like you have a whole new change in outlook on everything, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know that it's Christ in life. You know, I would say that being born from above is that there's this hunger that you have for God. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just deep. it's, it's It's a hunger that you know every time that you seek him out that you get satisfied all the time. And... Being born from above, that's it, because now you know who you need to rely upon, you know, that, that nothing on this earth that you can rely upon. I mean, when you have, you know, when there is nothing around, you know, this earth has passed away, you know, everything, everything, let's say everything, your house just, you know, got ruined by a huge hurricane or the whole civilization, and you're still alive, knowing that, and you know, it's like you have God, you know, and you know it, you know. Your life just went through turmoil. You've gone through turmoil. Like, you, Johnny, you went through that MRSA, right? Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you know that you, you come out at the end, but you still, you know, like when I was in the hospital, I knew at the whole, the whole time, I was like, even though I was kind of freaked out about what I was going through, I kept saying to myself, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. You know? Yeah. Because it was not a good time. I was like, a, you know, I was really... I didn't never used to what this the stomach thing it was it was like the weirdest thing I ever felt. I thought, whoa, it was passing out and all kinds of stuff. And this was just a couple of weeks ago, and I said I told my uh, my buddy a brother I said drive me to the hospital because I don't know what's going wrong with me, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that moment, you know, I was in there. I had that fear, you know, you know, like what is this? Is this you know? Is this you know? God could take me at any moment. Is this the moment? And then I kept I came to the conclusion. I said, well. Like I said, though yet say to me, yet I will trust him. It doesn't matter what's going to happen. I'm not going to cling on to anything. I said, Lord, you're in control. You know, those those are the evidences of you know knowing who you're trusting in. You trust in Jesus. You know that He's the only way. A, a true yeah. born again person knows. You know, it's not just his words that he believes in Jesus. It's his whole life. It's his whole yeah. being. I find myself. I would say, I would say an evidence of that too is you find people who trust Jesus even when not an entire not a bone in their body feels like it and they don't feel like it. it's just there's no reason at all and everything is pointing the other way and they still just go well I can't I don't feel it I don't want to do it I don't like to do it but I'm just going to trust Jesus with this and then they roll over and go to sleep or whatever um you know trusting him man I've done that absolutely I've no done that. Yeah. well yeah trusting him for absolutely no earthly reason, you know. You just, it's like, I don't know. I'm just going to trust Jesus on this. There's no reason to do it, uh, but he's he's the way, the truth, and the light, or the life. Yeah, you know? a couple months ago, I had something in my eye really bad, and I went to the eye surgeon, and they dug around and couldn't find anything, and it hurt wow. so bad, and I was in bed, and I just finally, I finally just rolled over in bed, just like you said, and I just said, I'm just going to trust you, Jesus, to deal with this. Uh, and I was like you said, I didn't, I didn't, 
I tried everything, all the medical stuff I could do and, and everything, and it still was killing me. And, you know, I finally just, I didn't have a good reason to trust Jesus. I just said, I finally surrendered, and I said, I'm just going to trust you to take care of this, Jesus. And I rolled over and went to bed, just like you said, just like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. That's amazing. That's it, man. Well, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the way it's worked with me, man. I mean... You know, like I I was practicing back when I was playing music for a living. I was practicing for this month of really, really important shows, you know, like I was playing with a whole new crop of musicians that had shown up really quickly in my life. And, uh, it was actually they were sort really of good. Really and good. And they were yeah. really good. Yeah, like, you know, world-class name musicians, In- you know. Intimidating good. And you were, like, intimidated. You didn't think you could... You didn't think you quite cut the mustard. Well, I just, I just knew, or, that, you know, these, like these guys were, you know, one guy was the band leader for Jackson Brown for five years, and oh, you know, wow. the other guy was top, top studio bass player in L.A. for I don't know twenty years, and um, so these guys are really good, and I, I felt like I could play with them, but I could just, you know, I had to be my best, and you know, practicing for this whole thing, I totally messed my back up. And um, I went to the doctor. He gave me drugs that made me, like, higher than a kite. And I was like, that's not going to work. So, you know. Because you can't um, play. You can't yeah, play like that. Yeah, I took a day I took a day or two off and, you know, went to this big guitar show in L.A. and uh, came back, and my back really wouldn't get any better. And finally, I was just like, look, I'm just going to trust you, Jesus, because you're the healer. That's what I read in the Bible. So... I'm going to give that a shot. And he didn't heal me right then. And I was like, well, that really sucks, man. But I'm just going to trust him, and he's going to – I'll trust him to do what he's going to do, and I'll – that's it. So I went I went to a, I went to this bookstore and was reading this book, and I kind of leaned back against this – I didn't realize it was there, but I leaned back against this display, which had this um, kind of a point sticking out. And it poked me re- pretty hard in the back, in the one place where uh, where my my back was really sore. And man, it like it 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 just poked just poking that muscle just so, just loosened the whole thing up. So over the course of about two minutes, everything just kind of fell back into place, and it went from like paint went from like a nine to like a two. Wow. Which is just a, I mean, again, that's a way you just never expect Jesus to move. But that's how he moved. That was a neat story. I can't remember why I told it. <laughs> uh, because because we were just talking about um, you got to get to the point where you just kind of surrender and just, uh, yeah. you you, uh, you just trust Jesus to do something. Um, oh, be still and know well, that I am God. That's yeah, because... We 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 don't want to trust Jesus to heal us because we 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 live in the we live in the year two thousand nine. We've got mm-hmm. the most incredible technology in our mm-hmm. hospitals and our medicine and you know and and that's like the last thing we tur- the last person we turn to for healing. Isn't that sad? I know it's I'm guilty of that. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's it's weird like that. Well, hey guys, it's been a great it's been great calling into the Iron Show. It's been great catching up with Peter and. You guys as well, and praying for a white tiger and everything. But I have got to go to bed. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Come on.
Hey, Tom. You still there? Shh. Tom? Hey, Tom, you still there? <laughs> Leave me alone, man. What a sleep.